0: Welcome to the Small Church Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we are helping the small church fulfill the big mission. My name's Brian, and guess what I am, fellas? The small, small church. church pastor. There we go. I say it every week, and I'm joined by two people. I'm joined by my friend Joey and Colby. How are you
1: guys doing? Small is not a word that's usually <laughs> used to describe me, but small church
0: <laughs> pastor as well. I'm doing great. Okay, well, you know what? Before Joey answers... Let's take a poll on our audience of how Joey's doing. If he's blessed, give us a five-star review. If you don't think he's blessed, welcome to this show. We're glad you're here. Please give us a five-star review. Joey, how are you doing? I'm blessed. Boom! We just got five-star reviews, baby. Everybody's got to give us I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, guys, we're continuing this series on how difficult ministry is and how there are hard lessons to be learned in ministry. And today is my day. Today, I am talking about growth. Not just growth, though. Talking about constant growth. Mm. Guys, we've always been in those uh, scenarios where you hear this uh, phrase, that healthy things grow, and that if you your church is healthy, then your church is going to be growing. And it seems like every conference we go to, Every church leaders event we go to, every blog or podcast we listen to, and many of the pastors that we talk to in our community and beyond, that their churches are just always growing. Like they don't know how to do small church. Their churches are just magnifying and just blowing up like crazy. Like on on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were added to the church. It that's nothing compared to what's happening in these churches today, right? In our
1: community, it is blowing up, but it's going all around
0: us. It's absolutely like every church is growing, and all of this. Like, is that just my experience, or what about you, Joey? I know you're across the water from us. What's happening there?
2: Yeah, that's the same experience I'm having. When I talk to uh, <laughs> other pastors, uh, everything's going well, man. We're just blowing out the door. <laughs> that's
1: right? it, man. Yeah, on a like, vacation day, I'm going to show up at one of them churches and see exactly how well it's going. I, not
0: me. I'm not wasting a vacation day on those jack wagons, no sir. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this ain't usual. Our,
0: our numbers. We usually we got more people than this. That's right. You picked a bad, bad week, week <laughs> you know. Yes. Uh, Oh, yes. uh, yeah, I love it. I have a uh, – he was our bishop when I lived in Georgia. He t- talked about pastors use evangelistic numbers evangelastic. where they stretch the numbers yeah. that they see in there. And yeah, pastors are the master at rounding up. That's why pastors should be sheepdogs. To dogs. the nearest hundred. <laughs> yeah, pa- yeah, pastors should be sheepdogs because they're great at rounding up. So round them up, boys, round them up. Well, guys, today as we get started in this, I, I just want to say I think that's a myth, that, that healthy things grow because, um, for example – I don't want to be, be mean, but the three of us in this room have grown, but we're not healthy the way that we've grown. Mm-hmm. My doctor tells me that I'm what they refer to as morbidly obese. And I'm like, how the heck am I morbidly obese? I'm just a little fat. And he's like, well, according to your height. And I'm like, I know jujitsu and I will choke you. Right. Like, I saw a doctor this morning and he says uh, we were talking about the coronavirus
1: vaccine and all that stuff. And he says, he says, we well, you know, realistically, uh, you and I could get it and we'd be fine. He says, you don't have, you know, many uh, comorbidities. Uh, he's like, you know, you're obese. And I'm like, what?
0: I'm what? Did you say I'm a beast? You doggone right, I'm a beast. He just looked at me like, and I was like, yes,
1: Doc, I'm aware. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's funny, like, like, like you didn't know? And so, like, here's what I'm saying. Our bodies have outgrown something that I'm about to say. I'm about to say, okay, so there are three things I want to say today, but the first one goes along with this right here is that it's not that healthy things grow, it's that properly structured things grow. Because our bodies have outgrown the structure of our bones, the structure of our height, and that's why we're considered obese according to the BMI standards or whatever. I want you to
2: know, I would get up and walk out if my knees didn't hurt. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm,
1: I'm big, I'm big boned, so we're okay. Yeah,
0: like <laughs> if it wasn't such a, such a challenge for me to get up, baby, I'd get out of here. So, but like here's the thing. <laughs> now there are places where that analogy breaks down. Okay. The church is not a literal body with literal bones. Okay. So I get that, but what I want to point out. Is that we say healthy things grow. Everybody tends to think their church is on the healthy side, right? Even if it's completely unhealthy. The point that I don't want to bring, the point that I want to bring up here is that let's not look at healthy things. Let's look at properly structured things. Now, I think that for your church to be fully healthy, it needs to be properly structured. I think that's part of what health looks like. But you're going to tell me when we look at the numbers game, let's talk about the ministry of Jesus. In Jesus' life in the Gospels, when did he have the most people with him? When he's feeding the thousands, right? Mm -hmm. The very next day, John chapter 6 tells us that those people come back to Jesus, these thousands of people, and then Jesus says, well, you sought me because you ate the loaves and fishes, but now you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And it says that many of them left and followed him no more. And so Jesus goes in one day from thousands of people, like, right. He's a mega church guy. He's teaching the conferences. He's telling everybody else how they should pastor, writing how books. they should lead, writing books, doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the very next day he hits them with hard truth. And they so many of them leave. John tells us that he turns to his disciples and says, are you going to leave too? And Peter has this famous line. He's like, well, where, where will we go? You have the words of life. Such a great line, right? <laughs> Such a great line. But like, We see that when Jesus had the largest crowds, like – those crowds still walked away from us. So are we going to say that Jesus was a failing pastor, that his ministry wasn't healthy because it didn't grow? In today's standards, yes. In today's standards. In today's we're looking standards, at
1: numbers. In the American church, he
0: was a failure. Absolutely. Like there are more things, there are things that are more important for us to look at than number of people that attend. Yes. We should look at water baptisms. We should look at salvations. We should look at the amount of people percentage-wise we're getting into our volunteer teams. We should look at the amount of people that we're sending out to do mission work, whether it be overseas or other people to plant churches. Those are numbers and metrics that matter matter the metrics that matter are life change metrics not just attendance metrics now do we want to get a lot of people in the building yes sure Sure do because the the more people we get in the building the more people we get to share the gospel with all of those things but realize this guys and i'm just going to permission to be gut level honest permission granted brian we grew like crazy in in about four different times we've grown like crazy every one of those times we've grown like crazy have been from mass exoduses from people coming from one church to our church. Mm. We have very, re- we've grown steadily by conversion growth, but when we grew rapidly, we grew rapidly by two or three families got ticked off with this church or this pastor found us online. Cause we've got a good online presence, came to our church and our church was cool and they stuck around and they brought some of their other families that were ticked off at that church too. So, and churches aren't going to tell you that. Churches are just going to tell you, we've grown by so many by coronavirus. How many of them came from another church that shut down services? Right. That happened to me. Like, literally, people left us because we shut down services. And so I, I think what we do, we get in this peeing contest where we're trying to be like, hey, look at how awesome my church is. Look at how big it is. Listen, don't think that because your church isn't growing numerically right now that you're not healthy. Maybe there's some structural issues that you need to fix. So what, what do you guys think about that? Other than it's amazing and this is worth the price of admission, it's it
1: definitely worth the money. Uh, you know, I got into an argument with an elder uh, when I was an elder. This is before I became a pastor and had to behave myself. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute, this is behaving. Uh, wow, this is better. You wow. should have seen me before it. Now, um, so I, I was uh, I was an outreach elder, and I said, you know, one of the things we got to do is we got to stop focusing on the seat and start focusing on the soul. We need to be kingdom minded. And if we are that's the, See that's a pastor in training right there. If we're focused the alliteration, on the seat, if we're focused on the seat and we miss the soul, we're not God's not going to bless us. But if we would focus on the soul, be more concerned about where they're going to spend eternity, I think God would bless us by filling the seat. And I had an elder tell me, when you're telling people that they need to be kingdom minded, uh, that is intimidating. We need to have them focus <laughs> on the seat beside them, that they fill that seat beside them. And I'm like, dude, you're wrong. And he go and he kind of got a little loud with me which I got a little louder back and uh of course then he he stopped um but you know the point is yeah, he stopped because it was peeing in his let's pants. let's be kingdom-minded here let's not be so yes. focused on 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 that metric of uh, of failure or success based on the number of butts that are in the seats uh, let's let's focus on the soul yes, that's so good make sure our system is right for that make sure yeah. that we are Uh, getting people saved.
0: um. Listen, there are so many variables. There are so many variables that go into church that grows. What's the one rule when it comes to real estate or the the three rules? The one rule when it comes to real estate, location, location, location. Location. That matters with the location of your church too. I'm just going to tell you, like if you have a church that's in an affluent neighborhood that has an affluent style of ministry, you're going to reach a lot of people. You're also not going to reach that same group of people. If your church looks broken down and is sitting on the wrong side of the tracks, Like, that's just location matters. That's a variable people don't talk about. The way your building looks from the outside. All three of us have older style looking buildings. That matters and we've got to we've got to factor that into the consideration. What like there's so many different variables and I don't want to to eat up all of our time on this podcast talking about all the different variables, but you can it's not apples to oranges, it's not apples to bananas, it's like apples to monkey wrenches. There are so many different variables in what happens between this church growing and that church growing. Now there are some things that are the same. Can you use and leverage the internet like Google AdWords and social media ads? Absolutely. Should you do that? Absolutely. Can you leverage the structure of do you have somebody in the parking lot? Whether you got a broke down building or a beautiful building, you can have somebody in the parking lot, somebody at the door and somebody giving coffee and all like we can structure for those things. But realize, man, like I just I think about at the greatest moment of Jesus' life was when he gave his life on the cross and all of his disciples fled him and weren't with him anymore. So from an Americanized standpoint, we would say Jesus was not successful because he didn't have any more, any more people with him. Jesus was more successful when he was feeding people who didn't really want to eat his flesh and drink his blood. He was more successful in John 6 than he was in John 20 or John 19, wherever the cross is there. So that, that's just something, man, I, I, I hope that you're hearing me out there, small church pastor, small church leader. We're not anti-growth. I want to have the largest church in this city. And I want the second largest church in this city to be the one that Colby pastors, and I want us to constantly be griping and fighting (laughs) with one another to try to outdo one another. I I love mega churches. I do. Some of I've got friends that pastor really, really, really I've got one friend who pastors a church larger than the city that I'm from. Like, it's really cool. Like, that's awesome. I used to dream about being that guy. But I realize that where my niche is, is in helping other small church leaders and other small church pastors. And I can't do that as well if I'm not that person. Right. And so, man, if you, if over the next 10 years, you could tell me, Brian, you could grow to a thousand people, or you could plant 10 churches that will grow to a hundred apiece, I would want to plant 10 churches that will grow to a hundred apiece. piece. Um, and that, that's just, again, that's my personal thing. But again, we're reaching people, whether it's ten churches reaching a hundred, or whether it's one church reaching a thousand. We care about growth, but realize that it's not just healthy things grow. Therefore, my church isn't growing. That must mean that we're not a healthy church. Maybe you just don't have the structure that you need right now, and so that's just some things I, I just I want to encourage these guys, man, because I know we we know what it's like to look out at an almost empty sanctuary and go, "What am I doing wrong, mm-hmm. man?" Maybe you're not doing anything wrong. Maybe that's just the way. Maybe the world is more anti-Christian than it's ever been. And maybe the people that are in your community, they're like there, there's so many different variables. And so I, I'm going to stop because I'm preaching. And let some of you guys talk for a second. You, you know what? Before nah.
1: <laughs> I've already said my piece as okay. far as the numbers go. I think you're you're right on. It's not the. And I, when I interviewed for the job here, I told him, I was like, if you're going to use the number of people that come in on a Sunday as a measuring stick to my success, uh, I will not live up to your expectations. I said, "Uh, that can't be the measuring stick. When I first started, our denomination used to have us give monthly reports on the number of people that were there Mm -hmm. every week and the number of dollars that came in every week. And I asked a simple question. Noses and nickels. I asked a simple question. Do you care about the souls that are being saved? And – They didn't give me an answer, so I quit doing the paper. I I wouldn't turn it in. And my area superintendent would say, Colby, I need those papers. Hi, and I like, would
0: have ulcers if I were your superintendent. <laughs> I would, oh my gosh. I was
1: like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing it. So he asked my secretary to do it. He asked the secretary to do okay. it. He said, would you do this for me? And, uh, and I was like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. For it doesn't measure anything. Yeah. Cause one of the greatest Sundays we had as far as numbers go, we were over 120 people, but it was the worst offering Sunday we had ever had at yeah. that point. And then one of the lowest days we had we had the highest offering Sunday, and so you can count nickels and noses, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it, that's not the that's not the measuring stick. Yeah. and it's the souls that are being saved that's that we good, should man. be paying attention to. That's good. I'll quit preaching now.
2: So did I did I pick up on what I misunderstand that you saying there is such thing as unhealthy growth? Because I was wondering, there's people that you got in that got disgruntled. Mm-hmm. Are they still at your church, or do they just get? Do they then get disgruntled with you somewhere down the road and leave and go somewhere else?
0: That's really good clarification because sometimes I say stuff without clarifying. I think that there is a thing as unhealthy growth. I think that there is a thing as healthy growth, and I think that there are variants of shading in between those. For example, we've had people that were disgruntled at one church leave and come to our church. I think that's okay. I think that there's a there's a a value to grafting, being grafted in. We as Gentiles were grafted into the Jewish Jewish tree. Like there's value in that. What I was referring to whenever I use that as an example is that it is not true Great Commission conversion growth. It's helping disciples become more disciples because they're already saved, as versus reaching non truly non-churched people. So that's the distinction that I made. Now I will say, if if say you have an Exodus from Church A into Church B. And the people that leave church A were dying on the vine, they or, or for whatever reason. We'll just say whatever reason they left, they left, whether it's a good reason or a bad reason. But they go to church B, and then they can get all those issues straightened out, including reconciling with pastor from church A or reconciling whatever situation as best as can depend on us. Let's live at peace with everyone, Paul would say. If they can get all that stuff reconciled, man, I think that that's okay growth that's still not conversion growth, that's transfer growth. And I think that that's something that's oftentimes we, vow, we we say that we're doing a good job because our numbers are growing up when our numbers may just be swapping fish from one aquarium to another aquarium versus getting new fish. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, thank you for calling that distinction because what I don't want to say, because we're, we're all in different churches than we were when we got saved in, right? And so that would be like me saying that we're disobedient or we're bad for our church. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to bring out that distinction is just because a church looks like it's growing doesn't necessarily mean that the church is, quote, growing uh, net value or net work, net size of people that are that are being converted, being reached for the gospel. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm saying.
2: It's there. not populating heaven even farther.
0: Right, right. And and. Christians need a church community. They do. That's why we do what we do. We want to build a good church community for Christians to be a part of. I'm not saying that that's not the case. There have been people that have left my ministry that were dying on the vine at my ministry because either I wouldn't use them or I didn't know to use them. I'm, I'm not a perfect perfect pastor by any stretch of the imagination. So there have been people that have left me that have gone other places that they're growing and they're flourishing and all of that, and God is using that. So I, I, I understand that, and I do validate that but what what I'm kind of pushing back against is looking at the number without investigating the number. We do this with online views, right? Like, we got a 1,000 views. A view is three seconds. So that doesn't matter. You could have gotten a million views. Three seconds is not a long time. So, like, whenever you start looking at... I guess I'm just trying to point us to look at the correct numbers, the correct metrics. So here's another thing. Another thing is growth does not equal to... Attendance. Did you know that? Now you do. Growth does not equal to attendance. Here's what I mean. You can have a church that can grow in many ways biblically. You can have a church that grows in their discipleship. You can have a church that grows in their fellowship. You can have a church that grows in their outreach, but it doesn't necessarily mean their attendance will grow. I've been a part of a church that literally spent almost every day of the week out in the community l- being the hands and feet of Jesus to you know, clothing the naked, feeding the homeless, doing the things that w- – none of us would look at those Christians that were doing that and say that they weren't spiritually mature and spiritually growing, yet that didn't increase the attendance on Sunday morning. But what it did do is it increased the attendance of Jesus in the community. Mm-hmm. And so we often fight – use these two as false dichotomies that you're either going to be a church that has attendance and growing that way or you're going to be a church that does the mission of Jesus. Let's be both, but let's realize that growth doesn't always equal attendance um can, can can we just say there're probably a majority of churches in at least our community or let me just say it this way there are majority churches in my rearview mirror that I've had experience with that were just people that met together to have religious services yeah. they weren't a, they, they weren't like a church in terms of Jesus was present, they were going into the community and, and meeting the needs of the, the community. They were just showing up, singing their favorite songs, listening to their favorite preacher tell a story from their favorite book, and then that was it, and they felt good they checked that box off for that day. So if you've got a church like that of 100 people, but then you've got a church down the street of 20 people that are actually being the church of Jesus, attendance and growth are not the same. And oftentimes, like, if that were the case... Let's think about Easter. Easter we're like, man, look at us and then the next week we're like, Oh God, don't look at us. <laughs> so like we know attendance is just it's no way to measure, no way to measure your, your health.
1: We had the status board up on our wall when I first yes. got Yes. Right? Building fun. Who, who
0: was here last, <laughs> la, how
1: many last week? How many this week? And, and, uh, I forget what the third number of members, I think was another thing. So Sunday the first, school attendance. the first week I was, I was here to, as the pastor. There were 55 people in attendance. People just showed up to see the train wreck. Happen. Of course. So, yeah. The new panda uh, in the, the zoo. The next Sunday, we were, fr- uh, we were 53. So we were down two mm. and I'm walking past it. Um, and one of my ushers looks at it and says, I wonder what happened. And I was like, what happened with what? And they said, well, our numbers went down. And I was like, it went down by two. I mean, somebody's probably went on vacation. I was like, <laughs> people last week, they just came to see what, what the ruckus was about. They, they saw me and was like, not impressed. They went somewhere else. <laughs> and that was your family, right? <laughs> and, 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 and he was like, he's like, yeah, well, we just, we really just don't want to see the number go down. And I was like, mental note, we're going to take care yep. of that. Yep. Monday I came in, I took that board off the wall, stuffed it behind the couch <laughs> in my office and the, that area superintendent, he come in, he's looking for that board. He's like, where's that board? I was like, I'm going to give it to you for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Cause it, it was a distraction. People were focused on the number that didn't truly speak to the health of the church yeah the culture of the church was not a healthy one and it was they were loving people many of them still here many of them have gone home Uh, several of them have left but it it was a loving congregation but it was the wrong focus and trying to get that focus on something other than the attendance Mm. now we
0: want to be clear Attendance matters. It does. It does. But it's not number one on the list it's, for me. It's not right. number one on the list. We can't be driven completely by attendance. Right. And that's what—that's the danger of looking for constant growth. The danger for looking for the graph that always moves up is that we forget, man, maybe there's a family in there that that husband and that wife are on the edge of calling it quits, but they're too prideful or too whatever to tell anybody and ask for help. But because they were in that building that day and they heard the word of God and the spirit of God started doing something in them that their, their life trajectory will never be the same and we'll never know it on this side of eternity. Mm-hmm. We'll never know it. But because our numbers were down two people last, than they were last week, we don't see the life change that God's doing inside mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that there are going to be many of us that we're going to get to heaven and, and Jesus is going to be like, bro, You had no idea, but check this out. Watch what you were, what you, I was using you to do on this day. This day that you were like, if something doesn't change, I'm going to resign. This is the day that that person, their life was forever changed by something stupid that you didn't even mean to say, Mm -hmm. but it will stick with them forever and ever throughout the rest of their life. Like those are the, those are the metrics that matter. Now we want more people in the building because we want more of those numbers and right. more of those stories. Right. Yes.
1: But it doesn't have to be in the building. And I, and I tell people our outreach, yes, our outreach, the goal is to bring people in right because we want to share the gospel with them but our outreach the, the bottom line of our outreach the main goal of our outreach is not to bring people to the pews our outreach is to reach out to people to meet people where they are with the hope and love oh, of Jesus Christ you hear
0: him he's doing his mission statement i just gave your mission there we go. our mission statement i tell you what so you would really be blessing them if you were helping people move forward with god <laughs> we could be yeah.
1: <laughs> we help people move forward with god by meeting them where they are with the hope and love of Jesus but Christ but when you get there what are you helping them do
2: Awakening life to the fullest.
1: <laughs> so so we can do all of those things and, uh, and i we're think, true to brand, fellas. We're true <laughs> to brand. I, I think I think the 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 key point here is it doesn't have to be in the building on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And if that is your ultimate goal of getting the people in the building on a Sunday morning, I think for me personally, that is not my mission. It's not what I was called to yeah.
0: do. Dude, if you want to get people in the building, there are plenty of things you could do to get people I went in the building. men's
1: ministry uh, hey. training uh, years ago and this guy, he, one of our coaches, he had us had a bunch of churches there and, and he was saying, all right guys, he says, you know, what's your goal? And, and somebody says, well, we just need more men in the church. And he's like, okay, put out on your sign that you're, you're giving out free beer and pizza. He's like, you'll have a thousand men next week show up. Free beer and pizza. He's like, but what are you going to do with them? And if that's our goal is to to eat pizza and drink beer, that's what we're going to do. If all we're going to do is (laughs) fill the seats, then we can put a sign out front that says free beer and pizza. But if we're not going to disciple them, if we're not going to introduce them to Jesus, then it doesn't matter how many
0: people are sitting in the pews. Yeah. And, and so there, there are a handful of things that I think goes along with, with this for us is we are so Americanized. That we automatically equate health, success, achievability with the uh, the number, the mm. bottom line. Yeah. That number needs to be paid attention to. Okay, like we're not just saying just completely throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's not what we're saying. Like if that number keeps going down, eventually you're not going to have a ministry there to reach the community. So that's something that we have to take into consideration. But the kickback with this whole constant growth isn't real. That that we're talking about with this hard lesson is. Sometimes we think we've heard from God that our church is going to grow, and he says grow and we hear grow, but he's using a different dictionary than we are. And we're saying the same word. I heard this uh, It was a sermon illustration About this n- newlywed couple And they're in a timeshare Not newlywed But were, well, brand newlywed They're honeymooning In a timeshare And the wife is at the kitchen And she looks out the window And she sees a tennis court And she says Honey we should go And get some exercise The husband's in the other room And he looks out the window And he sees a swimming pool And he said Absolutely Let's go get some exercise And so they go upstairs And they start to get ready And she puts on her tennis clothes And he puts on the swimming trunks And they're like What are you talking about And Because it was all about What they were looking at Was what they what they anticipated And what they Interpreted it as. And I think for us, we 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 want church growth. Like we want to be a church that really is is rocking and rolling. We want to be a church, like I don't know a single church leader that would be listening to this that would be like, I just don't want any more volunteers, Brian. I I don't need any more tithing families in our church. And please, for the love of God, I would much rather preach to an empty building than to have to go to two services. Like I don't know many people that would feel that way. And yeah, we do want that. But we have to realize that we're, ch- we're chasing something in ministry and either we're going to be chasing significance from God's perspective or we're going to be chasing numbers. And it's real dangerous, y'all, when we start chasing numbers because we start drawing our identity with numbers. We start making decisions based on numbers. We, and if we're insecure enough, we may even start lying about numbers and start rounding up like we were joking about a little bit earlier. And, and pastor, you're just better than that. You're absolutely better than that. So there's one more thing I do want to share before we leave. And, uh, that is this growth comes in seasons. I think that's really honestly, uh, if I were going to say what the most important thing I would say to you today would be, I would say the most important thing that I would say to you is literally everything that ever comes out of my mouth. I am a freaking genius and you need to re- <laughs> no. <I'm> just- <laughs> uh, I would say to remind you that growth comes in seasons, summertime. Is not a season of explosive growth. No. No. no, It is if you're in the tourist industry and you work at the beach or the mountains or some destination vacation place, yeah. But for church, it's not. The growth season for the church is typically the fall when school's back in and when people can't go on vacation anymore. That's typically the season where you're going to put your energy into growth. And so realizing this whole idea, I, I don't know about you guys, but I know for me whenever I hear healthy things grow, after I throw up in my mouth a little bit, what I, what <laughs> happens to me is I go, what, well, that just means that every Sunday there has to be brand new people in the church. And then every subsequent Sunday, there are returning people coming back and just the church is just always up and to the right. If you're looking at a graph, it's never, never has any down moments, never has any regress, always progress. That just ain't true. Right. It's just not true. It's not practical. And we set ourselves up. We're, we're like, man, just one more quick story. Uh, I have a friend who looks just like me. Okay, I have a friend who was uh, doing youth ministry work when he was in college. And there was a student in the youth ministry who was about, if he had like tall shoes, like you remember the shoes that Fred Munster used to wear that made him taller? If he had those real tall shoes on, he might would be five four, maybe. And his dream was to be a wide receiver in the NFL. Now, he was like, he was barely over five foot tall, and he was almost five foot wide, okay? And he played Madden a lot on the PlayStation. And he was was 17, never played a lick of football a day in his life, didn't play high school foot, none of that. But his dream was to be a wide receiver in the National Football League. And we're talking, like, we sat down, we're talking about, like, the future and planning and all that, and, like, that was his plan, his plan to move out of small-town Georgia was to well, my friend said this. Was to be a an NFL wide. I keep saying this because I don't think you guys are getting the depth of this. It would be like me saying that my plan for the future is to be a Calvin Klein model. You know that just ain't happening unless Calvin Klein opens up a big and ugly section. And like he's just, just stone cold serious. Like my dreams to be a wide receiver in the NFL. I want to be like Megatron. What you can. What and 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 I say that for this reason, I think a lot of us we have like this unattainable dream, and we try to tie a Bible verse to it. Like, well, through God, all things are possible. I can do all things mm-hmm. through Scripture, taken out of context. <laughs> and this this hits me as a leader because that that was me for the longest time, and then people because I can I can preach kind of well, and I, I'm kind of funny, and I'm kind of charismatic, and so people kind of like me more than they should because I'm really a turd bag. so oftentimes people would be like, man, God's just going to do some great things in your life and God's going to use you. And they were encouraging me and and we need that. But what they don't realize is they were feeding my selfish ambition. Mm. Mm. And the whole time they're saying God's going to do great things in your life. Maybe the great things God's going to do in my life is he's going to put me in a position where I can adopt two kids that I will love forever. And I will will show them Jesus and I will show them what maybe because that's what did happen. Right. But what I heard was I'm going to be an NFL wide receiver one day and that my conversion of that is what I heard is one day I'm going to pastor a mega church. Right. And in my denomination there're not a lot of churches that are that large, so I'll be one of the ones that can lead the way in my denomination. And that became the the driving factor of my prayers and my planning and everything that I did. I measured it by the yardstick of success of how many people are going to be in the building or not. And I just forgot, man, growth growth comes in seasons. And you have to be okay with the season that you're in and you have to be okay with all these other variables. That, 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 that go in with what it looks like to lead a church. And man, maybe you're not going to be an NFL wide receiver. That's okay. Well, you just live it in God, brother. Maybe I am. I know this. Whenever I accepted the fact that it was okay for me as long as I could impact whoever God decided to send to our church, I started being a whole lot more healthy. Right. Whenever I started to realize what, what was it that says in Daniel that the Lord most high is sovereign upon all the earth, and he gives to those, and he tears down kingdoms. What did John the Baptist say? No one can have anything except it be given to him from heaven. What I'm doing is I'm looking at what God's given me from heaven and going, that ain't good enough. Send it back. I ask for medium rare. Hmm. That's a good way to get God to spit in your food. Well, maybe, maybe that's not going to happen, but I, I'm, I'm on my brave heart soapbox right now. It works just for me. I just want to encourage, man, these, these, even me as I'm talking, man, I'm like, like guys, let's go out there let's change the world one person at a time. Maybe that one person is you. And you know, the best way you could change the world is give us a five star rating. That's right. Wherever you, get podcasts, Wherever you get podcasts, you could go and give us a five-star rating. And when you look for us on social media, you could give us a
2: five-star rating.
0: And you can find us at a five-star five star rating. rating. <laughs> <laughs> or you could also <laughs>
1: Facebook.com slash small church leadership. Reach out to us. Let us know how, how we're doing. Uh We put some stuff out there every now and then. We need to pick that game up a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, yeah we put some content out there, but, uh, Communicate with us. Let us know how you're doing. Uh, if you, nah, we don't if you well need really to care. send us a private message, send nah, us a private message. Please we, don't. Please We God will pray don't for
0: it. you. We will uh yes, become friends <laughs> with you. <laughs> yes, I'm just teasing. Sometimes I try to be funny, and most of the time it doesn't work though. Most. <laughs> Yeah, so all right, but hey, God's going to do great things to me. I'm going to be NFL wide receiver. So, guys, thanks for yeah, listening 6. to the sma- five forty yard dash. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like how does, So, me and my buddy Kevin, you guys hear me talk about him in the small church leadership podcast. See, pastors thrive church. me. We made up a category that we we're going to be red zone NFL kickers <laughs> that's our specialty okay like you got all these guys that kick 40 or 50 yarders nah no, nah, you don't need that we're going to be your short game specialists when okay? they
1: move the uh when they move
0: the extra point back you we guys lost a job yard. we're only at the 10 yard spot now all right so anyway thanks for listening to the small church leadership podcast man we love you guys so much this is a podcast where we are hopefully and prayerfully helping the small church fulfill the big mission we'll see you guys next time